This episode is brought to you by Meow Wolf. Manifest unique family memories at Meow Wolf Denver. Quantum travel is the most comfortable way for Earthers of all ages to explore a playground of imagination. And why visit just once when this immersive experience reshapes every time you enter? C Street is my favorite because C Street has this vibe of like 80s dystopian. There's like slime coming down the walls and there's weird posters. And then of course, the secret club. With the annual Portal Pass, drop by Convergence Station as much as you want for less than the cost of two adult tickets. So if you plan to go twice, it's worth it. Plus, enjoy discounts, special offers, and so much more. Get the annual Portal Pass and spend quality space time with your favorite Earthers today. Learn more at MeowWolf.com. That's MeowWolf.com. Today on CityCast Denver... Between the cowboy hats and the puffer jackets, local fashion leaves plenty to be desired. And it turns out what Coloradans desire is raunchy novelty underwear. Shinesty has sold more than 6 million pairs with no sign of stopping yet. And they just signed with Zoomies and Buckle to be in retail shops across the country. So host Bree Davies sat down with Shinesty's CEO to ask what products like the Daytona Dong Sarong say about Colorado fashion. And yes, this interview is just as explicit as Shinesty's products. Today is Tuesday, May 30th. I'm Paul Caroli, and here's what Denver's talking about. Chris White, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thanks for having me. So, Chris, I read that um, you got your start in the apparel business by making and selling screen printed clothes to your fellow students at CU Boulder. And that's kind of like how you learned you'd like put something on a T-shirt and make people laugh. What were your hot sellers when you were in college? Oh, man, I don't think they're appropriate for this program. Oh, you should. Just tell me. Just tell me. I made stuff for all sorts of like student organizations. There's and It was mostly for their parties. Right. So they'd have like a memorabilia piece for their party. There was one particular party that was army themed, right? (laughs) And so, you know, there's a lot of puns that you can play in the army themed thing. And if you made them funny, the shirts, you'd sell a lot more. And I was working commission, so that was important. So we had ones like getting your privates in and out of tight situations (laughs) or the louder you scream, the faster we come to the rescue, (laughs) But the to the rescue part was in really small font. You're designing shirts, obviously, for for fun, but it sounds like you're making some money. Yeah. And then you have this, like, Al Roker moment. Like, what what happened? Yeah. So, well, kind of two separate things. So, like, the T-shirts was a totally different company okay. that I was just working for, that company. Um, the Shinesty started, actually, as, like, a project in school. But we were selling vintage clothing. So we were taking like vintage product and finding it at thrift shops and estate sales and cool kind of unique one-off pieces, putting selling it in a funny way, in a funny branded kind of satirical way. When you say like selling it in a funny way, were you like like ugly sweaters kind ugly of Ugly sweaters idea? and old school ski onesies. And like super 80s. Exactly. Old neon. golf jackets and golf pants and things like that. And... After a year or so of doing that, we realized it was pretty difficult uh, to 
scale that to grow that yeah to source that much vintage gear and then sell it on a yep. if you again if you want to scale you want to get bigger yeah there's only so much really product. good business for a really good small business <laughs> sure, but sure. really hard to make that a really good big business yeah um, and so we started making some of our own product and sourcing some product from other brands that existed maybe in other countries or other parts of the world or other types of genres that they were selling to right we'd kind of rebrand that for um a different use case and so we were doing that at the time, probably like a year and a half in, we started kind of with the newer product where we had multiples of it. And uh, one of the products was a Christmas sweater suit. So it's a suit that looks like a Christmas sweater. So and it's like a three-piece suit. Exactly. But it is like printed. Printed like a Christmas sweater. Head to toe. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And so we were selling a lot of this product and not a lot, but a like, lot at the that, time, I'm like, right? Does that surpri- hundreds of units, hundreds of units. Sure, but no. like, does that did that surprise you? Were you like, was it this did, a wild idea? It did kind of surprise me, yeah, a little bit. Um, but you know, you see a product and you're like, I think we can sell a lot of this. So, but at the time, a lot is a lot different than what it is today. So we start selling it. You know, maybe we sold a hundred total units. It's not not a crazy amount, but a, a fun amount. Sure. And all of a sudden. I get a call. I was actually visiting my girlfriend's parents at the time, my now wife. I get a call from my mom and she's like, hey, I'm pretty sure I just saw you on the Today Show, your website on the Today Show. And I was like, no way. Sure enough, it was. And I land from flying back to Colorado from where we were in Indianapolis. And my phone was ringing off the hook with tons of like different reporters. And yeah, for some reason, he just found the product, brought up the website, was scrolling through the website, looking at all the different products, talking about it. And that was kind of the first viral boost for the brand and uh, kind of got us off to, on the right foot. What was the thing? What was the next step? Or or how do you take it from something like that to like from an Excel spreadsheet to a full-blown company? Yeah, not in a very well thought out way, I will say. At the end of the day, we were just trying to make our friends laugh. And the brand and the product kind of came second after that, right? So... The brand was intended to make people laugh, to remind people to stop taking themselves so seriously. At the time, there's a lot of just very serious kind of apparel brands or consumer products brands. We were trying to be the kind of opposite of that, um, to make people laugh. And then we kind of figured out the product as we went. So, okay, what people are buying this stuff for Christmas parties and for ski gaper day parties. Okay, what other types of things can we sell or produce or... Um, get into our customers' hands, and that's where you know you get things like the Daytona Donks wrong, and um, which is like underwear that looks like jeans. It's actually it's actually a swim brief. It's a swim brief. Swim, okay. So it's okay. a speedo, right? Okay, okay. That looks like denim. It's printed to look like denim. Yeah, and that's had a few viral moments of its own. What's the secret to Shinesty being something that people want to wear every day? So the first thing was we were just we realized we were making a lot of people laugh. A lot of people like the brand. But, you know, it was kind of an unsustainable business model, very up and down with like holidays where you right. have certain holidays you sell a lot and then the next two months you don't have anything to sell. And so that's a really tough way to run a business. So at that point, we kind of started looking for other product categories that would be a little bit more evergreen, for lack of a better term, or we could sell year round. And underwear became one of the things that we played around with. We also tried out... We started another brand under sports for sports licensing. We tried T-shirts. We did a bunch of different things. Underwear became one of the things that just took off and, and started working really well. Yeah, I worked in retail for a long time. I, men would come in 
<clears throat> I worked at the Gap, they would come in and go, I need boxers. And then you'd mm-hmm. point to the wall and they would be like, what is my size? And then walk out. You guys are selling like, I don't know, seven different styles of men's yeah. underwear in terms of like fit as mm-hmm. well as like dozens of colors. Why was men's underwear the thing that you realized people wanted <sighs> to buy? It's a good question. We, we're not like some savant retail geniuses, right? We just tried a lot of things and what worked, we kind of doubled down on and continued to sniff out and try to figure out um, how we could make a sustainable business from that. So we have to talk about the fashion component. Colorado is not known for our fashion. Um, If anything, we're known for our lack of fashion. You're in the industry of fashion and you're doing great. How do you see fashion, uh, Colorado fashion and China Sea? Where do you fit into that? I don't know. I don't know that we, you know, Colorado fashion is very like outdoorsy. Although I will say there's parts of Denver now where you're starting to see people look a little nicer. I don't know what what that's about, but cooler, trendier parts of Denver for sure. Yeah. Um, When I first moved here in 2011, it was like all just Patagonias and right, you know, like, right, like pretty things, bad. We, we're dressed like for the aesthetic of looking like we're gonna go do something. Right. And I would say that Shinesty's like, I look like I'm going to a party. Yeah, or I'm the party guy. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's what you. Well, I think there's a lot of into. like, there's like lots of events in Colorado, right? Just every weekend is a party, and golfing can be a party, and you know everything else that happens with the normal schedule: St. Patrick's Day, Halloween, Mardi Gras, Fourth of July. Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's, right? Like that list kind of goes on and on and on. So I think Colorado has a very social scene and that helped solidify the idea. So I'm thinking about when I was thrifting as a teenager in the 90s, there was a lot Yeah, out it definitely there. got picked up over a lot more. Yeah, so how did you <laughs> Thanks do- to Macklemore. <laughs> right, right. The song Thrift Shop. Also, yeah. we have a bolder connection there. How did you- I know you realized it wasn't sustainable when you wanted to scale up, but initially, like, what were you looking for? First, it was just us. So we'd go out to, like, the kind of wholesale liquidators. So, like, the Goodwill Wholesale Place in Aurora. Which which is, like, a warehouse where you have to... Sort it yourself. Dig. Yeah. And I have to say, I usually take a shower after I do that. Yes, yes, Because you feel... It's a lot. It's, it has a smell, certain it's a smell lot. to it. Yeah, definitely. So you were doing the real dig. You weren't just like, I'm going to stop at the retail. I'm going to no, the, yeah, the yeah, bulk. Exactly. Because by the time you get to the retail, it's all picked over. And we would do other things like set up uh, triggered alerts for basically like estate sales are really good in mountain towns. Oh. Because those people just have big houses and old product that they've had well you're looking for ski gear (laughs) you're looking for higher end brands i'm sure yep that's genius and then after that we basically started hiring people to do buying for us in different cities that had good stock so like you know madison wisconsin austin texas portland new york like it's a really good business because you can buy something for like two bucks and sell it for 200 but the labor, I mean, I but, feel like yeah. the labor of doing that is. Insane. It's a labor of love for sure. And it, it, you know, you can only get to a certain point with that before you're like, I'm exhausted. So you life, don't think of definitely. yourself as a, a fashion we person? Do not, you know, I just think that the word fashion is just so serious and cool. And like, Shinesy is not that, right? We're quirky. We're weird. We're out there. We're not the cool kid necessarily. <laughs> uh, we're more of like the class clown. And that's okay. Like, that's a, there's a good place for that in the business world and like our customers really like that and enjoy that sentiment that we carry. 
we sell a lot of black underwear, but we sell it in a very funny way. And we talk about, you know, don't poop your pants. But if you do, you're wearing black underwear. <laughs> I so. was going to say the copy on whoever writes the yeah. copy for your website does an incredible job. I think we wrote on that one, like, you know, the great toilet paper shortage of 2020 really inspired this this delectable print that we spent a lot of time thinking about and working on. Oftentimes people buy the product as a gag or as a, you know, funny gift for someone. And then they end up subscribing and purchasing more product. They're surprised by the quality and they're like, oh, I'm going to get another one that's normal that I can wear kind of every day. And that's hopefully how we're taking the, the product in the future too. We're going into summer. Do you have any tips for men listening who are like, I don't know how to dress myself. <laughs> oh man, you're asking me that? I know. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, maybe that's not the best yeah, last question Yeah, I just like look you. at myself in underwear all the time, basically. So as long as you have good underwear, that starts with great underwear. The best underwear in the world that you can purchase is from our company, shinesty.com. Um, but after that, I don't have a ton of advice. Have fun, <laughs> you know? Like be yourself, have fun. I, I think that that's important and, you know have a little bit of personality. Having like some flair, I think is uh, good, especially in the summer, even if that is just your underwear. Yeah. It's kind of it, like the, the the kooky sock guy. You could be the kooky underwear exactly, guy. Exactly. Exactly. Do you have anything coming up that you're excited about? We just have launched in a couple of retail stores for the first time ever. So everything that we've done to date has all been just off our website, shinesy.com. We are in the process of looking for great retail partners that we can sell our product in stores to hopefully get some new eyeballs and new fans of the brand. Um, and so we've just launched in Zoomies and The Buckle, oh, which are two perfect. kind of regional specialty stores. Sure. We have some like cool new products coming out, but I can't talk about them quite yet. Like new types of underwear? They're, they're slightly different than underwear. It's a different category. Um, Swimsuits? Swim underwear? Perhaps. You'll have to wait and see. <laughs> coming this July. Well, Chris White, thank you so much. This was lovely. Yeah, thanks for having me. Enjoyed meeting you and yeah. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. E-bikes. Another round of rebates from the city is opening today at 11 a.m. I'll drop a link in the show notes if you're ready for your own hot e-bike summer. And there's a bunch of new bike lanes to ride them on, too. Mayor Michael Hancock proudly announced last week that his administration has exceeded its goal of adding 125 miles of new bike lanes, according to Denverite. I've seen some transit activists quibble with his definition of a bike lane. They point to the not-so-reassuring new unprotected lanes, but they seem to still see this as a step in the right direction. And finally, the local tech industry is not doing so good. This time, the recent wave of layoffs hit the education startup Guild, once touted as a unicorn for its billion-dollar valuation. According to the Denver Post, Guild laid off 12% of its workforce last week. Meanwhile, KDVR reports that a cleaning company in Boulder is suing Twitter over unpaid debts. They allege that Elon Musk's new social media venture stiffed them around the time that 87 Boulder-based Twitter employees were laid off and 38 more resigned in protest. I've heard some tech executives warn that the economic slowdown means this will be a, quote, year of efficiency, so we could see more layoffs soon. If you or someone you know has been affected by this, we would love to hear from you. What is happening inside these companies? Send us a text if you don't want to share your voice or leave us a voicemail at the Year of Efficiency hotline. 
That's 720-500-5418. Once again, the Year of Efficiency hotline is open. That's 720-500-5418. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Elon Musk about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then.